Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, magnificent star family, earth family. I hope that you're having a tremendous day. It is such a privilege and an honor to be with you. We have part two of three of the presentation, the conference that we did in Sedona with two Native American elders, David Lombear Senapas of the Mi'kmaq and Clifford Mahudi of the Zuni. Um, this was a first time ever, the first time two elders came together to share their knowledge, which both of them say is over 20,000 years old. It is oral and it is unbroken. Um, obviously, their history is different than, let's say, uh, a North American or a European or an Australian. Australian, unless you're an indigenous person, then I imagine it's very different. Um, but in speaking and hanging out with David Lombert Senapas this summer, I learned a lot about the indigenous culture uh, in North America specifically, and also about some of the other aboriginals in um, different parts of the world, such as Africa and the Dogon tribe. And it was extremely fascinating. And to watch David and Clifford speak um, behind the conference over the weekend. It was the most mind-blowing thing that I have ever heard. Um, it looked like they were being honest. It looked like, you know, uh, if you're in Canada and I'm traveling and we're in Europe, we're going to probably start talking about hockey or something. Um, we're able to relate to reality in a certain way, as you would be if you were American or European or, you know, you were a Japanese samurai master. Like, it's a different culture. It's a whole different understanding. And so for the first time ever, they've been sharing this stuff um, to the non-natives. David specifically, the last five years in Clifford um, he basically has said to me I don't know if he says it in this presentation but he's like I got to come out of retirement here because all this cosmic disclosure and alien and all this stuff he's like I got to set the record straight um, and so that's why he's kind of come out of retirement um, to start to share these teachings that um, that are a part of his culture and a part of his tribe so um, this is really special and unique uh, material. Take it with a grain of salt. Um, I've put it into three parts. I highly recommend to listening to all of them. I know they're longer, but like I said, this is really incredibly special material. Um, so thank you so much for listening. I want to thank everybody who has been supporting the show. Um, the best way to support the show is to do one act of kindness today. Got that from David Lombear. It's really smart. Um, so just take an action of kindness. If you can do three acts of kindness today and not tell anybody and go out of your way to do it, uh, you are a spiritual master for a day. So if you can keep that up, you can be a spiritual master for a lifetime. Um, and also be easy on yourself if you miss a day. Just do the best you can. Uh, but you can hold the door open, uh, get somebody's name as an act of kindness because you're recognizing them, pick up a piece of trash, let somebody in in traffic, listen to someone. Uh, just be a good human being. 
being. I think we can all agree that that's helpful. Um, the other thing you could do is you could support me on Patreon, and I want to thank all my patrons, including a brand new one, Ann Dow. Thank you so much for taking an action, going to patreon.com and throwing a buck in the bucket. Uh, you put a few bucks in the bucket, so I really appreciate that. It helps me uh, do the work, and uh, I'm committed to doing the work and um, the show as long as it, as it resonates, and I think that it's providing value for you guys, and um, I love it. And right now, I love it, so it's an honor to bring you these incredible people and these guests. Um, also, check out um, Sync Tuition. They're one of my sponsors as well, bit.ly forward slash gamma waves, and get three free binaural beat brainwave entrainment tracks it's pretty amazing stuff and i listen to them a lot especially when i'm traveling and or if i don't feel like meditating because the binaural beats helps get you into that um, meditative state through 3d sound experiences so it's pretty special stuff um, i think that's about it uh, go to mattbelair.com sign up for the email list and all that kind of fun stuff you can get a free lucid dreaming if you go forward slash lucid dreaming and um, if you're interested in coaching you can go to forward slash uh, coaching and there's a full there you can fill out and i'll teach you everything that i know about consciousness peak performance spirituality overcoming limiting beliefs um all that kind of fun fun stuff including uh, heart journey activations which is a mix of guided visualization chakra activation and hypnosis um to get clear and direct on your life's purpose and your and your life's path it's not exactly what you think it is and it's a very powerful experience so i'm also doing those but i want to make this uh, short and sweet because last time i was just ranting about these guys and um you know this really is about these two elders and what they're um, sharing is far beyond anything I could imagine. It's older than I could imagine. And the integrity of both of them and the knowledge of both of these elders, uh, it goes far beyond my peanut brain and what I'm trying to bring out. So it's an honor to bring them to you. Uh, please share this episode if it resonates. David Lone Bear Senapass does need, need some assistance. Um, basically directly in poverty he was able to uh, build 30 percent of the biodome in north carolina um, he was able to put balloons into space at a reading a signal wants to put another balloon into space so we need your help and he has more information on these ancient copper scrolls um, including energy devices and things like that and so if you're curious uh, have a conversation see if it's legit um, check out the science because we do need some support so whether it's just administrative uh, sharing the episode if you know a benevolent investor that's got a few bucks and wants to invest in a project to change the world, that would be great. These, you know, we'll tell you more about the re what the resonators do. They're really extraordinary and um, we could use your help. So anyway, that's it. Big love to you. I hope that you're having an amazing day. And before we get into this, let's just come into a state of peace and coherence. So wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing and taking a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Just come into total peace and total presence now. Taking another deep breath in through the nose. Holding that breath and just letting out slowly, just relaxing even more. Becoming totally present and at peace now. And taking in one more deep breath in through your nose. Holding that breath and just recognizing that you are a divine creator being, that you're breathing it in life force energy and that life is all around you and that you are an eternal, cosmic, incredible being. Let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day, just setting the intention to go about the rest of your day with love, joy, peace and gratitude. I'm sending you all of my energy, inspiration, enthusiasm, love and just for you to remember that you're an amazing human being just as you are go out there and have some fun and i think we're ready to get into part two of three with native american elders david lone bear Senapass and clifford mahoudi oh, no, <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know what? I taught him everything he knows. <laughs> well, you know, this is really very exciting meeting. This is one of the first times that I've been in a meeting where two of us from different parts of the country have, have the same philosophy, basically the same information from our own people, from our elders, our ancestors. And uh, that's why we wanted to share this information with everybody, not only here, but throughout the, throughout the planet. And uh, it's my pleasure to have uh, David here with us and also to have all of you people here <clears throat> to, to get some of the messages that we have held back for many, many years. So um, we're gonna continue. I believe this is very important. And uh, this afternoon, uh, towards the end, we'll probably get together and go through a, a different types of question and answer. And I'm sure that you people have a lot of questions. And so with that, David? Or, or Jackie. Thank you, Clifford. So this morning, David shared a lot uh, about the history and sort of where the teachings have come from and where he has come from. And he was talking about a bike that he had built. And I just want to share a little bit more about this bike and the, um, the capacitor that he had. So he had this mountain bike, and he was testing it out and, and riding it around Maine on the roads. And he said it could go pretty fast. Um, sometimes he'd get on it and start to go and kind of squeal out. So it had a, a lot of power. Um, it wasn't just something that you turn on. You'd have to pedal it first and then it could assist you and I didn't really believe him that this bike would go that fast and he said he had to tone it down a little bit. He had gotten pulled over on his way <laughs> to see me so he was going 40 in a 25 and <laughs> of course the officer was perplexed with that. So um, uh, one time David was riding this bike, driving this bike, I think it was on its like fourth pair of tires at that time, and I was driving in my car. I have a little Toyota Matrix. It's not that fast, but, you know, it's a car, and so I drove up next to David, and my car was going 42, and he was there next to me waving, and I thought, wow, that, that is incredible, and he had been working on this technology with the possibility of um, maybe using it in wheelchairs or other, other applications like that. Um, he put about 2,600 miles on that bike testing it out. So that is um, one of the technologies from the Copper Scrolls. Um, I, have, I have some pictures. He was even testing it when it was kind of cold and rainy. And in Maine, it gets that way about September, October. So he'd <laughs> bundle up in all his rain gear and, and helmet and glasses and, and buzz around on that thing. <laughs> Uh, ancient technologies in the modern time. Um, so I wanted to, to share just a little bit more. We've been talking about T's. T is an acronym. It's time, earth, air, and space. And it's one 
of the translations that David has brought through the Copper Scrolls. They are gatherings and community where we can sit in circle and instead of it being led by one person, it's held by three. And with that, we're working with the technologies of kindness, compassion, and happiness while at the same time balancing ego because you're working in a, a triangle of three. So I had been going to these teas and it's one way to help us really receive more information and to be able to share it in the community. It helps us to harvest the wisdom of the group. So the spiritual voice comes in when we sit in these teas. And we had been doing these for about six months. Um, I had mentioned earlier that I was still struggling with Lyme disease and uh, had been struggling for six years at that point. And I remember thinking like, ah, oh, David, he can heal me. He has to have the secret magical knowledge that, that can cure me of this. And uh, I think it was probably one of the first things I asked. And, and he said um, that it would have to be up to me. And that way I would know how to do it. I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, I just, like, I just wanted something magical that could just happen and then I'd be back to myself. You know, I grew up running and being very athletic, and so having this disease and not being able to do very much was a big challenge. So I just kept coming to the T's. He said, keep coming, keep writing, keep learning. And as, as I did that, I was learning more and more. Like, I had this idea of what uh, spiritual was, and through going to the T's, it opened up my mind even more. Um, I never thought too much about kindness or how that's an actual vibration or how that can light me up or somebody else in the community. And I was able to witness that not only in the T's, but as I was going to the grocery store and you know, going about my daily business. <laughs> so in after the end of the world in December 21st, 2012, you may remember that time, um, the teas the in Maine got really big. So at first it was limited to eight people, and then slowly more people, more people came. It was all word of mouth. And we had a gathering of over 380 people for, for the end of the world celebration. And after that, the teas were maybe 50 or 60 people. So we'd get into a circle, and we were all in resonance. We were all looking in the same direction. And so because of that in our community, David was able to bring even more teachings to us. And he taught us a, a breath that's kind of like a chant that is called the bee's breath. And it, it was simple, um, but we had to work together and be in resonance as a community to do that. So we had practiced that. And then he asked me to come stand in the center, and, and everybody kind of got together and... Um, they all did this bee's breath, and they were touching me, like hands on my shoulders and everything as I was standing there. And the whole, the bee's breath just started vibrating my whole entire body. And <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I've gotten myself into. And I, I had so much pain. I was holding so much pain in, in this body, and um, just my mind wasn't very clear. A lot of other things, and um, with this community and this uh, vibration that we were creating together. He guided us through um, certain um, pitches and the walls of the building were actually vibrating and, and the windows and, and everything in that room. And 
Um, and then everybody stepped back and they're all looking at me and I was like, <laughs> I just felt like so clear and so light and um, we, we sat down and I had forgotten about that. Um, you know, we just kept going to the teas and recently I went back and I looked in my journals from that time and I have this whole section of, it was like three days where I was like, I have so much energy, I don't know what to do with it. And this was a gift to the community and how do I, how do I give that away? Because the teachings are, you know, you receive and you give, you always give the teachings away, that's how you receive it. And so I was trying and trying and I still, I felt like I drank so much coffee, <laughs> like buzzing and um, everything looked different. And so I, I started jogging again. Um, when I had first met David, he asked if I ran and I said, well, I used to, but I can't anymore. But this little jolt, this jump got me beyond that belief and back out into running again. So I think of, you know, healing and, and how we're always looking for something to heal us. Maybe a community can help us. Maybe a community can help us get over that, that rock or that bump that we're stuck in in the river and um, just help boost us along our way. So um, I'm still running and uh, somebody had asked, they said, oh, you obviously look like you're doing well. I am doing well. I've been running about six miles a day, which is incredible considering I was in bed for so long. So I just wanted to share that um, as a different perspective on uh, like healing and, and what is healing. That was a real physical vibration. There's a lot more teachings than David can share here right now. He can deliver this message, but as we get together in community, and we find that resonance, we find that kindness and compassion and the happiness, then we can receive even more. David is uh, an archivist of the star teachings, so he has a ton of information. He is the last sajin, he's the last remaining sajin. The sajins were trained, they held knowledge, uh, they didn't have like Google and <laughs> tablets and those sorts of things. So David is a keeper of so many um, bits of knowledge across many different areas. So the more that we can receive that, the better, I think, for this world. Um, when he dies, all this goes with him. So thank you for being here. David. Good afternoon. I hope everybody had a good lunch. Good. Feed the soul, right? And the soul will feed us. Somebody once told me, a very wise man, my, my father, wisdom is not a thing. It's part of the spiritual consciousness. And we always look, try to look for wisdom out there. We go in the world and find the wisest man, ask them what's the secret of life, or something crazy. I'm asking you guys this afternoon to refine that question. Can you write down five things that you want in the world? Five things, that's it. Start with number one, number two, number three, number four, and write those down. That could be material things, don't make fuzzy things. 
Don't say, I'm going to want to be one with the universe, because you are. If you want a Porsche, write it down. If you want a Volkswagen Rabbit, write it down. Don't discriminate against what you want. Only you know what you want here. Write, I, I challenge you to do that this afternoon. Write those down and put a date on when you want those. You know, a lot of people come to hear me speak and, and uh, wonder what I'm speaking about because I, I don't speak like a regular speaker. I bounce around quite a lot. I'm using uh, different ways of speaking because my language to you uh, if we sat, it will be two to three years before we can figure out what we're talking about with each other. And you think that's um, funny sometimes, but you think about that. When you sit with somebody and they're asking you a question, what do they tell, what, the, what does that person say first? I did this. I did that. I am this. I am that. I am that. It's hardly that I ever speak with anybody that comes and sees me, say, I'm going to listen, okay. And I find myself listening. And they ask for my knowledge. So two to three hours later, I'm still listening. And I've counted over 300 to 400 eyes. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the way we communicate. We want knowledge. The creator gave us two ears and one mouth. That means we've got to listen twice in the way we speak. We're looking for knowledge. We're looking for that ultimate answer. In my tribe, uh, before five years ago, if you wanted to speak to me in my tribe, you had to go through a um, application process. You had to define your question right down to a question. Most questions out there are defined as six to seven uh, questions in a question. That's why. Sometimes we have a hard time figuring out where we are because we're not defining that question. So in my tribe, that the appointment was five to six years to sit with me. Right now, you're getting it free, somewhat. What is that question? So we're going to be talking a little bit more this, later this afternoon on those questions. I dare you to write that question down and keep it one question. We have people in our organization that just works on questions because when they... You want the secret of the universe, but you want to talk about I first, right? I did this, I did this, but what did, what did you say? Oh, okay. We're not looking for answers. Most of the time, we already have them. If you had a person in front of you that can answer any question that you can possibly come up with, a, 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 a positive question, what would that question be in community? Now, she explained a little bit about that, well, I'm a scientist and inventor and all these other things. Uh, when I'm working on something, I, I have to have come up with a question. That question says, what do I want out of this thing I'm making? Uh, am I looking for locomotion? Am I looking for power? Or is those questions all in there to come up with the results? That's the hard part of the, this is because I'm in Sedona. We're in the capital of the spiritualism, mysticism, all the different things. This is, this is not where I would choose to speak because our minds are all made up with different things in our head. So that's hard because then, we, then it's hard to get to the meat of the question because I know that when you came in this morning, your expectations are a little bit different than what it is now. What is the meat of the question? 
What do you want to know? Space aliens? Other planets? Technologies? UFOs? Spirits? Spirit guides? Drums, feathers, rattles? Sweetgrass? All in Sedona. You know, I'm not denouncing any of that. that there, it's here. But we can have something else here. We can have partial truth. Do you realize that the truth is staring you right in the face? And most times we walk by it. Because we want something fuzzy, something mystical, something in the Keisha records or something like that. That's all good. But what are we going to do with it? If I gave you the answer of your power source, can you guys build it? And I can draw that in the schematics right now for you. But what are you going to bump into? You're going to bump into your own, the power, what you guys use now, electricity, the power company, investors in the power company, all the different things. We can do it. And uh, those machines are running right now. They're not free energy machines, but the machines are running. But it's being able to change our mind about what we want. Those five questions. You know, I told people mostly spiritually, uh, so heavily minded, no earthly good. That means we're out in the fog. We're out in that fog. People are still hungry in Phoenix and here. People have lost their ways. We walk by them every day. I walk by three today. And we ignore that. So if you look into your history, looking for the first contact with another civilization, and we're asking for help, an eye gets in the way. If an alien was in front of you right now, what would you say? Some people, I would say, hi. Then what would you say next to that? Where would he stay? Where would he speak? What would you, what would you expect of that person or that other visitor. We know that's true. There's other civilizations out there. It has to, you do the numbers. You know, in our milky way, there's 2,500,000,000 other civilizations in your milky way. How do I know that? That's a good question. They're here. Go to the Grand Central Station. If you want to meet aliens, go to Grand Central Station, try to make, make contact. Yeah, they're going to walk away from you because they think you're completely nuts as, as them. That's what's going on here on this earth. This is Grand Central Station to a certain point. Would you want to meet yourself, your, your community, your civilization? Can you fess up to your, your wrongs? I mean, if there's a higher intelligence out there and they're looking at your planet, they're not going to bother you. They're not going to try to change you because you already made up your mind. You know, we kill each other for, because of the color. We kill each other because of our spiritual belief. We kill each other because this land is yours. Or don't believe in what we are. We kill each other because somebody speaks a different language in a restaurant. 
You should learn American. You should learn American, what American is really about. And I come here today as a messenger. That message, that message today is, is what I'm saying today. What are we going to do with this? First contact. I don't have a big head, I have a big ego, but my language is different, my personality is different, how I see things are different. At one time in your civilization, in your time period, kindness and compassion and happiness and ego was all together. You didn't have to think about being kind. You didn't have to think about being compassionate. You did it. Now we have to think about it and have some sort of reward system for it so that we do that. Oh, look what I've done. I'm so kind. I gave a dollar away. Get out of my way! Road rage. You give the peace symbol. Minus one. You know? But we are watching. Do you want contact? Well, let's do that. If I told you the contact would be at Mount Katahdin in two weeks, would you be there? I don't know. Schedule can't be there, but I pray for it. Spiritual action requires action of human to use his feet. We're sitting our ceremony for the last 83 years. We've been here for 83 years. You want the technology? You want a way to have peace? My, my apologies if you, this is not what you come here to listen to, but you're here. There's a reason. When I first started talking this morning, everybody's energy's way up. Now it's kind of leveled off. Like, what the hell is he saying? Something different, but I was familiar. Online, it says I, I can identify the star people. I can. There's a way to do it. And it's so right in front of you, you don't even know what it is. It's not love. We've been working with love since man started, and it has not worked. We say it a lot. See it online. Love thy neighbor as like love thyself. I don't even know who my neighbor is. Honestly. I see him every Monday go check his mail. Or the neighbor on the next side of me. So when you say love, unconditional love, is that true? Can you do really unconditional love? That's hard when you see your family killed in front of you. And you say, oh, I love you. No, you don't. That's an escape. That's an escape of doing action. You know, it's hard to put our hand out sometimes because we have our hands out for other things. It's hard to stop along, change the direction of your path and stop and help somebody. That's very hard. It's hard for me anyway. Taking that path, and that's how I know you're a star person. It's your act of kindness. Because if you are from the stars, it's in your DNA. It's in your vibration. It's when you take that next step of kindness, not no ceremony, not no, not no light, 
It's an actual vibration that you can do any day of the week when you leave here. When you leave here, you might be full of bull crap. We all are. We're humans. We have to crap sometimes. But we, we don't really recognize what the star people. We said, we I'm a star person. Great. Action. Act. Kindness. Do you realize all the research I've done on UFOs and aliens and I've done traveled around the country looking for these? Not one. What I told you. We fill our heads with mysticalism and it blinds our spiritual sight. To be kind is a vibration that opens up a person's light. It turns the light on in the basement. It turns the light on in the attic. Because we have some stuff, pretty crappy stuff in the basement. We have some pretty crappy stuff in the closet upstairs. All hidden. Once we do an act of kindness, don't be expected to be rewarded from it. Don't tell anybody. Just do it. The people that uh, uh, follow me around the country and to make sure that I'm fed and all that, that is an act of kindness. I cannot repay that and I don't expect to. And I thank those people because they do a lot. <laughs> and it's hard to express sometimes when you come to a, a speaker or convention or something like that. People want to hear the Indian mystic talk. I remember going to uh, New York, and they made a mistake. Most of the times, six or seven people show up to speak, or tea. They made a mistake and called me a mystic Indian prophet. And the house was full. <laughs> remember that? Yeah. When, what's up with that? What are we looking for? I'm not an Indian mystic prophet, believe me. I have a hard time just paying my taxes on that, another title. We talk about vibration, spiritual vibration. And the Copper Scrolls mentioned about vibration. It doesn't have one word, one paragraph, story about love. Not one mention in the Copper Scrolls. Why is that? It comes from a time that we didn't have to prove ourselves. It came from a time where communities actually was together and functioned together as a spiritual unit. Why do we have to mention love so much? Because I understand why. We're forgetting. We're forgetting that kindness to ourselves, kindness to each other. Homework for you. This homework is write a letter to somebody you haven't met or talked to in years and be kind in that letter. That person could have ripped you off, said something bad to you, or just somebody that you just lost in touch with. Write a letter. Find out what that vibration is about. That will change your life because I tell people to do that everywhere and change people's lives everywhere. I want to give a demonstration of what vibration is. In your life, what you came up with 
if you use a spiritual name, a native name, forget that name. Figure out who gave you a name. It's most likely your mother or somebody, your father. Use that name today. Spirit recognizes that name because it is a vibration. We try to change our name to be something else. Do you know what my spiritual name is? It's going to be hard to pronounce. David. David. That's what my mother and father named me. David. I honor that name. Spiritual vibration. We can think of it different ways. We can sit there and sing a joyful noise. That's a vibration. We can hum. That's a spiritual vibration. We can chant. That's a spiritual vibration. We can holler. That's a spiritual vibration. We can talk softly. That's a spiritual vibration. How would an alien speak to you? Maybe through telepath? I challenge you on that one. Your cell phone gets 28 bands per second. That means it's a digital code. It comes in, enters your phone, your phone will make sense of it, writes a message to you, and you don't communicate with your mouth. What do you communicate with? Thumbs or fingers. Different language. It's kind of a spiritual language. We're not understanding it. We can get almost instant communication around the world. Spirit talks in a similar way, but one person can't understand it. Uh, we ran tests, the test of what spirit was, what ghost was, how we communicate. We tested clairvoyance and telepaths and all that different things, and we could not make, it wouldn't make sense over a period of time. It, so we, if a message was coming through, we would have to have at least 80 to 90 people to understand what a spiritual message is, to make sense of it and to work with it. Send the blueprints to your house through a spiritual message. Somebody that you know across the world, you know, put that spell. I'm going to send you plans to my house. Two by fours, uh, the length, the volume, how much it costs. That's what a spiritual message is. It's not, oh, I thought of you. I can explain what that is in a second. So when you're talking about spirit, spirit's giving us a message. What do you think? We go through life, okay, spirit said to go to California. No, your subconscious told you to go to California because what you're thinking. Spirit will never, ever tell you where to go, ever. That's hard to, because we, we put our power in something else. Right now you're putting your power in your cell phone to, to get communications. That's just a piece of technology, machinery, algorithms, um, radio bands. Spirits the same way, but spirits radio band is 102 billion cycles per second. Try to figure that. You can't even figure out your cell phone. Try to figure out what spirit's saying, and it is a message. This is what the back in those days of Atlantis and beyond, that the communication back then was through vibration. Everybody thinks Atlanteans spoke English, and all the books are written in English and Latin. They did not speak that. If you wrote the books down that were spoken, you would have 
I'll just figure that out. 10 by 10 miles of books, 10, 10 miles high in that language. And the English language only goes to a quarter mile by quarter mile. So there's a lot more information going through. So that's why that I'm here today. It's the awakening. It's to understand what we've got in front of us and what we have a hold of right now. We're looking for information. It's coming, but you've got to be ready for it. We've got to be able to have a way to receive that information correctly and being able to write it down. And it's not about what you think it is. It's a construction of different way of thinking. It's a construction of a spiritual, true spiritual mind, true spiritual community. We do not have it anywhere on this earth. Anywhere. You can pray and do all the things you want, you don't got it. But you have the potential today to have it. I've been here for five years teaching. And most things that you understand, it's way beyond the comprehension. We want to be able to communicate in this world. Not going to do it one-on-one. -on -one. There's tests delivered over and over and over again. You cannot send the blueprints of a house to a spiritual mind. I can give a hypnotic suggestion to you today that will freak you out. But it's only tricks. Mind tricks. I can have somebody write a number in the back of the room here, tell you what that number is. That's not spirit, that's magician. Max Craven showed me how to do that. And we are awed by it. Oh, he must be spiritually. I carry a card around in my wallet. It has some numbers and some letters. And if you can't see the future, if you can't see, you tell me what those numbers are. And nobody's ever dared to guess them. And I said, guess. There's ways to do it in community. There's ways to do it in this world. I'm a magician. I studied with Harry Blackstone. I don't know who, you know who he is. I'm a very clever magician. But that's not what I'm here for today. We're so odd on different things, um, different things that happen. People claim. I'm claiming nothing. I'm telling you, said, take this with a grain of salt. Proof's in the pudding. If I have technology, it must, must be somewhat proven to the communities. And the community of the North already uses these technologies. Why is not worldwide? If you had a device in front of you, and that device made a magnetic field around you to make you disappear, most people try to sell that. Because it's the thing. Look what's going on in the world now. Why do we need money to live, to be able to pay for our apartments, cars, cell phones? But that's just the way of thinking. There's different ways of um, transferring income and um, virtual money and things like that. They're on the right track. Trade has something to do with it. Atlanteans didn't use money. They, they didn't even use trade. How come we can't give this away free? If somebody needs help, why do they need, we put a thing above our door saying who we are to come in to heal you? We don't need to be healed. 
It's only an expression. We need to be listened to. Everybody that comes to me says, can you hear me? I say, I do have a first aid kit. I can bandage you up. I can heal the wounds that way. But you're really doing that yourself. Most people want to just be listened to. They're lonely. Why don't we have families in here with children? Why are there not people from the remote places that come in to here? I will go to them. Because this spiritual revolution is starting somewhere. It's already started. It's not starting in Sedona. It already started five years ago when I started speaking in a house. And we had skeptics then. This is not anything. This is stupid. The, one of the, organiza the spiritual organizations, the I don't know if it's a what was it, the church? What's that organization? The, 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 the Chime, yeah. And they went online to denounce me. He said, he's fake. He doesn't know anything. And this is a spiritual organization that was already in existence. You would think they would be open to the Native American experience. But I was denounced. Did it bother me? A little bit. But spirit said, move on. It's not that important. Move on. And after a while, eight people in the house, 10 people in the house. We kept on going on. After a while, there was 80 to 90 people in one house listening to this message. And they're still listening. Would we do that? Of course we will. Now we'll make a couple announcements today that uh, next couple of days I'm going to be here. I am going to have um, most of you that want to come to participate in the spiritual technology that we're offering today. We can make excuses all day. Stop making excuses. Looking for the truth, don't use excuses. If a man's in the desert claiming something about spirit, let's go to the desert. Go as far as you can possibly. There's people that travel a lot of hours to be here today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And what are they looking for? Is it a contrived speech? A photographic memory. I can pretty well tell you a phone number if I've seen it 20 years ago. That contrived, people are doing that quite a lot, even my, where I'm from. People come in and claim different things and they go away. Come up, go away. I've been doing this the last 42 years. I've been through this way before. I've been to the Zuni Reservation. I've been to Hopi. I've been to um, the Clinkets, looking for the awakening. Everybody was still sleeping because all I heard snores when I spoke. <laughs> What is the next step that we are looking for this afternoon? You know, I can speak and tell you a lot of stories, but my suggestion is the beginning is those five things I told you to begin with. Write them down. If you're serious to be here today, write them down. Put a date on it. Then what's the next step in spiritual evolution? What are you willing to do for those things? You can pray all you want and all you want, and they will never come. It's when you speak them out loud 
go somewhere private in front of a mirror and go, I want a cheeseburger with ketchup. I want a fries, no, no seasoning. I want a root beer with ice from Alaska. And I don't want to pay for it. That's the kind of list. When you speak something, spirit understands. When you think something, that's private. That's your own universe. You can think it all you want. And coincidence will always happen upon it. Oh, I was just thinking about that. We're humans. We're going to think about similar things. So when you speak it out loud, I have to be very careful because I almost got a Porsche a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I want a Porsche. I want this. Be very Pacific because when you're Pacific, spirit understands that. When you're vague, you will get vague things. And I've been practicing this 40 some odd years and I still don't get the questions right because I get what I want, but I didn't expect that, you know? I was like, that's not what I said, you know? <laughs> but it's really what I thought I said. So same with the question, spirit. And the spirit answers every prayer. No matter what you ask, it will answer in time. But we're not, we will, what now? So if, I, if I do this and I do the four directions and things like that, and I'm holy and like that, people are gonna think I'm holy. You got it. People think you're holy, but what good are you? You know, right now, at Christmas time, in my reserve, we have people starving to death and freezing to death. We had four people freeze to death in my reserve last year. You think that's pretty bad, huh? There's rich people, right? native rich people right beside them. And you could say it here, too. If a civilization is watching you right now, what do they think? What, what would your report card say? F, 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 F. We failed in spirit. We failed in kindness. We failed in compassion. We failed in other things. But it's her fault. It's his fault. Because we can blame everything on everybody else. And I do most of the time. You know, my driving ain't so great. I fail 95% of the time on the road. But the 5% I'm right, I stay on the road. If you understand what that means, is when we first started driving, remember when you were young uh, and you get on the road and your steering wheel's going like, oh my goodness, I'm driving, and you're driving, and the wheel's going like this, you know, kind of like my driving now, yeah? and I'm going down the road. But your mind confiscates. Your mind will say, all right, then you don't think about it. Now you get in the car, turn the car on, and you start texting. Another, another thing to do in the car. Play the radio and text and you're driving down the road. And you forget about all the mistakes of driving because your mind is correcting you without you telling it. You're doing those little adjustments. So that 5% you're right, you're alive. The reason why people get killed in accidents texting, because they're not really thinking of what they're doing. They just added another task to their driving. We had three friends pass away a couple weeks ago because Somebody's texting the car, the driver. Just went over the center line, trailer truck, they're all gone. You know, we say that, I, I, I say that every day, but I still see people texting. Still, why? Because we think we know it all. We think we can get away with it. 
as most of us do. When spirit calls us, it doesn't call you what you think. It doesn't, it doesn't appear in the middle of the night. Maybe it does. Maybe I'm wrong. <clears throat> it doesn't appear in the middle of the night as an apparition. It's going to give you a fuzzy uh, direction. How would you give communication to yourself? Thank you very much. How would you give your communication to yourself if you knew when you made a mistake in your life and you had a chance, some time travelers, you made a mistake in your life, Stephanie. That was nine years ago, and if we change that, that's going to change your life. And Stephanie said, I'll do it. So you go back and change that time. Who would do that? Is it possible to do that? I'm a physicist, too. I work with time, compulsion, slip time. What does that mean? There's no, be there's no beginning, there's no end. And understanding what that is, is that means you don't have a past or you don't have a future. Our perception is past and future, but time has always existed beside itself, always. Time everlasting. What does that mean? That means if you think of time as a loaf of bread, and you slice a loaf of bread this way. This is how we think time is. We slice that loaf of bread like this, and we get a slice of time, slice of time, slice of time, slice of time. And we can go back to our grandfather and kill our grandfather, and we won't be in existence. So if you did the numbers and math on that, you can't get that to work because it takes a lot of variables for that. So... I, when I, when I, that's an easy statement to say right now. I, I worked on that project for 27 years, of what that time was, of form after form after form after form. So that's the regular physics. So I work with the copper scrolls. It's okay. They gave me a, a proportion of time to a reality of time. What I reality of time is I'm going to be here for two more hours. And that means they, there's a clock going tick-tock at second, 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 and it ticks off for certain amount of seconds. In the Copper Skull's time, I'm going to be here one billionth of a second. That's it. One billionth of a second. And all this existence that you are doing right now is one, not two hours, one billionth of a second. So if that's true, okay, if that's true, there must be a formula to that um, equation. It sounds great, it sounds good, how do, how do you prove that? So they gave me a number, 0.3 of time. And 0.3 is three points of time. So the variable, if you know anything, three points of time, you need a variable. Your variable is an invisible barrier that's in the center of the triangle. And uh, it'd be three, 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 what would your center be? Do your math, it would be three plus three. What is that? Nine. So nine is your variable. So you take your nine, okay? You take your nine, put that into a combination of seven, 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 point three. From the seven, seven, point three, you're gonna get something very strange going on. You're gonna be overlaps on your time every time. So that your, your one-tenth of a second is one billionth of a second, two billionths of a second goes backwards, and it goes a variable nine, 2.9, 2.9, 2.9, and it goes always like 3.9, 3.9, and it goes into that variable. But I can, that's easy. That variable is nine. I can use a calculation 
of slicing bread with the 0.9. So when I did that, since somebody's very greedy here and eating bread, if you have a peanut butter sandwich, a regular peanut sandwich would be like this, right? With the jam and everything inside of it. The um, reason why I'm explaining to you this is my professor explained it to me this way because I like peanut butter sandwiches. So he said, okay, what is the variable? The variable is 9. Okay, we do 0.377777 and you use a regular calculation for that. We get a 37 degree angle. He <laughs> said, really? I thought it was 90 degrees angle. Who told you it was 90 degrees angle? Well, I read it in the books. It's 90 degrees angle. So okay, let's let's do let's let's do the math. So I did the math. 37 degrees overlaps 0. 0.00000. The next slit point point one more point forward 000. Another point forward 000. And I said, I said, how does that look for the future? He says, there's no future. Okay. What about the past? The past is right there. It's right beside you. It's not front or back. It's 37 degree angle. So I did that calculation and I come out with 37. So if you think of the loaf of bread, we're cutting the loaf of bread at a 37 degree angle. That means we're sharing time with something else. There's a time variable in between the slit. And in the slit itself, there's um, what you'd call purgatory of time. Purgatory of time, there's nothing there. Uh, it's, it's a volume of space, there's nothing there, there's no ever been anything there. It keeps the slits together as, as bread. So that trip of time to next variable, that if we move sideways, our variable changes. If we move this way, our variable changes. You move right now in the audience, your variable changes to me as in time. So what does that mean? Is that some of us is wrong in time travel. You know, light travels at a certain proportion speed. You know, if we look in the sky, we're looking back at your future when the light started out, four billion and whatever that is. And we believe that. Oh, I'm an alien from Pegasus. Oh, that light has taken us 72,000 years to get here. And Pegasus doesn't exist right now in what you see it because it's moving. All the star map is moving right now into a different variable, different point setting. Plague, um, um, Orion's belt is not there in the variables, but we see that as a variable. It's like, I'm looking at the star, I'm from there. It's like me from being from um, the village here. There's a village down the, by the river that was there that was a fishing ground. It's like, oh, I'm from over there. You guys said, well, there's a restaurant there now. You're from the restaurant? So when people, especially people claim that they're aliens and things like that, and they give me a variable, I know they're not. But they're partially telling the truth. You know, but we have to see what's around us, what that rhetoric is. The native people, we have stories that we tell about the star people, that they did not speak our language of natives. And we're looking for those people. We're looking for native people. And everybody's, well, I'm not saying everybody, but a portion of everybody, people think we're spiritually. I think we play the flute and sit around the woods and be one with nature. You know, I can only be one with nature probably about two seconds in the woods before the black flies get you. 
Yeah, then I'm not one, then I'm usually praying. Yeah. So on that time variance, um, that proposal was put out to a lot of the, your scientists. Three got back to me. And one of the quotes was, he used my friend Matthew. Matthew is a good friend. He's been with me the last couple of months. He wanted to know the secret of the universe. So I said, you need to come see me. And several weeks later, we hear, I don't have a place to live. <laughs> and he showed up at my door. So then variables, what we talk about, what are they? What are, what are the aliens we talk about? Not lying, partial truth. There's something there. As a scientist, that I'm a, there's a difference between a physicist and a spiritual scientist. A spiritual scientist is that I believe there's a creator. There has to be something that created this. Randomness, uh, if we, if I, I can do the math with the randomness in, in nature, and it won't look like this, believe me. Uh, but it's something that created this. Is it a god? That's up to you. Is it a programmer? That's up to you. But something created this. Everything I've worked with, with the physicists that get back with the metaphors, his metaphor was this. Holy shit. I'm sure that's a white man's term in language, and I think that's a compliment. And I said, I hope. <laughs> I believe that. Because we keep on thinking our physicists have the answer. They only have parts of the answer here. But it's a good direction, you know? Are we wrong most of the time? Yes, we're wrong. That's how we, we go to space, to be wrong over and over. You're wrong most of the time with your theories. We go over and over until we find something. You can't find gold by praying about it. You need to go into the rivers. You need to go into land and be a prospector to find that mineral. I've, I've worked on mathematical programs for different companies to to see where different things are. But you know that's just an assumption, because I'm using not, not spirit. I'm just using a variable if gold was there. And gold is made from a neutron star. When something goes supernova, it has a certain mass to it. When that mass gets to a supernova, it can't sustain itself. Gravity will collapse upon itself. And when gravity collapses, pressures inside of that will grow and grow. And all the electrons and all the new um, quirks and everything goes away. And it just leaves the neutron. And neutrons can't survive together. If you try to put those together, they repel each other. But the force is so great, they go beyond the bond of physics. And they bond together. And they bond together something so small that is only a couple miles across. That used to be thousands, millions of miles across. And it compresses that into a small, and if you, if you can see it with the human eyes, it will look like a shiny ball. And that has immense amount of power into it. I will get, I'm telling you something here. You get, think about what I'm saying. I'll bring this up in a couple minutes. This neutron star emits electrical magnetic charges around it from light years out. It affects the space around it. 
and it spins rapidly. You can tell by a neutron star how old it is, is how fast and how slow it's spinning, and how big it was at the time, and it emits a pulsar, a beam of light, and it emits a radio signal that you can measure. And when the first time I heard this, it sounded like um, Aerosmith band. Yeah. And I knew what it was, because it mentions the copper scrolls, what that energy source is. But 1957, when they started understanding what these were, they thought it was intelligent life trying to contact us. And the scientists at the time measured the pulses and came up with a mathematical formula that something was sending us a signal. So he brought this up to the science community, and they said his calculation was wrong, his instruments were wrong, and everything that he was doing was wrong for 15 years. He went to the next person. And he asked another radio telescope to focus on, on what he was focusing on. Guess what? They got the signal too. Same measurement. And after a while, it became known as a neutron star. And to us, it's a common day thing. Neutron star. But that's not just one. He discovered one. And he discovered it in a low radio band. That means it was emitting a signal very low, hard to detect. And when that was made through, he said, oh, maybe I might just raise it up just a little bit. And as soon as he raised it up to another channel, he got four more of these neutron stars. He went up another one. He went up another one. Come to find out the whole universe, all the universe is neutron stars, millions of them in the Milky Way galaxy, emitting signals. And each one of those signals are different. Higher, lower, there's got really lower, lower bands. Is that intelligent life? Or is that civilization passed many years ago? So on the time slit, when we on a slight that time, said, okay, I did the math on, on at least 10 neutron stars and I, and I did the calculations, and it fit into the theory of the 37 degree angle. Something was going on with time in our space. If we left here to go to Andromeda, it would take us a little bit more than 8.5 billion years going with your conventional rockets. You know, it would be over a million two civilizations of your people that would change their mind, they would change their thinking, they would forget about the Earth, they would forget about all the different things that's happened on this Earth, they would forget about your philosophy, it would go on to a different philosophy, and forget the reason why they left in the first place. So that's a hard way of traveling through space. Because if we want to colonize space, how would we do it? Well, I would do it by using this 37-degree angle. That 37-degree angle, that means your ancestors. How would your ancestors travel? Well, you tell me. You're the ancestor. The ancestors of you in your body has been being created over and over and over and over. Your energy source never dies. That light that's inside of you is a billion years old and more. I can calculate a billion of everybody in this room our life force. It didn't begin when the Earth began. It began billions of years before. And I can, like I said, I can only get to a certain point in my math, of your math. That means we're all travelers here. 
Earth was here a couple billion years. And we, we theorize how it began, how the moon was there. You know, we're pretty smart. But we're dumb in the same direction. So we're travelers. We have no imagination. I tell people that. I have imagination. Okay, think of something you, you've never thought of before. Pink clown. I mean, everything you can possibly think of in the imagination. Why is that? It's because we've done it all before in another time life. Your brain can't fit all the information that's in your timeline. It can only fit probably 1% of a 1%. What does that mean? That we're stuck in a bubble, we're stuck into a loop at least to 100 years on this earth in, our, in what our bodies can survive. But we're trying to answer the universe, answer beginning and end. We can't even know where we're going to be tomorrow. Star, the star teachings gives us a little bit of a glimpse of where we can go. We're trying to heal the earth. Heal ourselves first before you heal anything else. We're trying to come up with an answer. We don't need answers. I think sometimes when we think about different things, like, okay, if I had this answer, I'd be happy. No, you wouldn't be more confused because you were looking for another answer. Contentment is part of the star teaching. Contentment is being in one space at one time and enjoying that second. That's all contentment is. Contentment is when I have my house, my car, and I'm being contented. No, you won't. I had, my, I had 12 cars, four houses, all the money I can possibly use, and I was not contented. Was I happy? I don't know. I don't remember. You know, oh. we go into the teachings. Those teachings that teach us, the first vibration is kindness. Excuse me again, I'm trying to put that love. Kindness and love never goes together because one faults and one is a vibration. And people will say, oh, love is a vibration. If love was a vibration, we would be working with it. You can keep using it and keep using it. Thousands and thousands of books written about love forms. And I claim I love my wife. I do. I have to go home. <laughs> um, and most people argue with me after I'm done. Oh, no, love is that. Prove it, honestly. Prove it. Get your government to prove it. Your government officials got in there by love, by their talking, by the, think they're the concern of the people. Your president got in there the same way. You believed them. So some of you believed him. The powerful officials in this world should say love exists. But we use that word quite a lot. Next time you say you love somebody, stop and try to come up with another word. By the stopping, what's going to happen? 
something's going to be in vibration. It's not love. It's something that's happening in the field itself. Kindness could be shared any time of the day. When that kindness is shared, something comes back. I, I remember um, speaking in New York it was a bunch of, with a bunch of people. And I got done speaking, and we went, we went, for, we went to an Italian restaurant. And I went walking through the street, and we see this person come up. And uh, there's uh, about four of us, and this person pulled out a gun and held it to my head. So I want your money. You know, I'm a second-degree black belt in martial arts. I've been in thousands of fights because of my heritage. I could have took that gun away easily. And I thought about it. What do you want? Nervously, he said, I want your money. So I think I had about 15 bucks. I don't carry money with me. Uh, I think I had about 15 bucks in my wallet. I gave it to him. And I told the people around, give them your money. And everybody's so nervous and reached out and giving them money. I said, your rings, your watches. And the one goes, you're not helping here. <laughs> That's Rolex. Good, you can pawn it for money. So he gave him all the money. He had all the money in his, his hand. He had the gun out. And he just looked at me. He said, are you Christian? No. So you need more money. Let's go to the time the ATMs were just coming out. Let's go to the ATM machine. I take all my money out of my account for you. And I said, that's why he asked me if I was Christian. Are you Christian? I go, no. So why are you doing this? I said, you need money, and this is the way you do it. I want to make sure you get money. And he just looked at me, baffled. <laughs> then he dropped the watch, the money, and went down on his knees and started crying. And he wept and wept. And he didn't understand. And I picked up the money and all the stuff and put it in his pocket. So I don't understand why, why are you doing this? You're not a Christian. I said, kindness is the first act. And he just couldn't believe it. And one of the people that was there from New York, uh, he was uh, worked with the social system, and he knew a, a place he can go. We brought to the this, this guy to the place and brought him into um, a rehab and signed him in. And and all those people that Rolex, that Rolex twenty one thousand dollar Rolex, he put it in a bag, gave it to the man. Never heard anything after that. Went on speaking and traveling and doing like that. And one day, when the email came out, I got an email from a person. I said, this is my number. Can you call me? I called him, and it was that man. He took that money. He went to college. He had a family at the time. He had a couple of kids. He still stayed with his wife. He changed his way of looking just by that act of kindness. I don't like mentioning this because I don't want to put emphasis on myself for doing this. But it is an act of kindness. He texts me every once in a while. He's a grandfather, grandchildren. He reminds me of that day. Why did you do that? I said, very simply, your gun wasn't loaded. You had a 32 Special. And you could see down the revolver barrel that wasn't loaded. But that's not why I did it for. It changed people's lives. 
Aren't we in here, if we are working with the community, to be able to change that person's life in a positive way? Isn't that what we're doing? We're in Sedona. It's supposed to be the capital healing of the world. Bring your sick. Bring the people that need to be healed here if you can do what you can do. Bring them to your streets. Set up a community center. Forget about the money. Come to my reserve. Bring your healing technology with you. But nobody comes on my reserve. Nobody comes on the 39 reserves I go to. There's healers all around there in Moncton and Nova Scotia, but they never come to the reserve where the true star people are. You know, I don't play Indian. People think I play Indian. I don't have feathers and leathers and drums. My ancestors, my elders taught me the words, my words, my language. And he says, if you're going to do anything to change this world, you're going to have to get up your ass. And I use ass as a ceremony. We have to get our, off our spiritual self to do something. You know, the star people came here thousands of years ago to help you. We helped you to a certain point, but you took it and did other things with it. You forgot about us, but we did not forget about you. When I left Crater Lake in Canada many years ago to come here on this journey, I did not forget about you. If you heard my story this morning, that I died for 72 seconds. I had a brain aneurysm. And this is where it gets to point weird. He heard it. Seventy-two seconds that I left, and I didn't float into the air. I didn't do all that stuff. There's a little bit of darkness, and I walked onto this hill, there was a river. That river was a blue river. And I walked across that blue river. And that man that I was with me, that voice I hear, told me to get off my knees, met me there. And we talked for a little bit. I said, why don't you sit underneath this tree? There's only one tree around sat there, there were people coming and going from that river, crossing that river and coming up over the hill and going over the, that way. So talk to some of these people. I did. I talked to seven million people. And you were part of the seven million of those people. We talked for a long time. In my time there, it was over three years and four months. In this time, it was 72 seconds. I died. All of you guys, girls and dogs, asked me a question to come and find me on this world. Slap me inside the head if you have to, because I'm stubborn. Tell me this story. Trigger the memory. 
and no help. I, there's no strangers in this room. Everywhere I speak, there's no strangers. I don't speak to strangers. That's what my mother told me. That we were there. Some were crossing, some were coming back. We're looking for effective change in this world. Talk about Billy Graham. Billy Graham changed a lot of people's lives. Dalai Lama changed a lot of people's lives. I'm not expecting to change any life in here, but you can change it yourself. We want the kindness. We want the technology of kindness. We want to have a way to do it. We have, there's no excuse. We have that technology to do that at this very second. This is not what you think it is. We want to talk about UFOs, we can do that. We want to talk about little green men, we can do that. We want to talk about abductions, we can do that too. It all fits into these teachings. There's so much mass of information that I'm holding in front of me right now that you would die for to have. I'll answer every one of your questions in here, what I have on the table right now. But we need a translator. I can't translate them all myself. We need communities to do it. We've been doing the last five years with the communities we have. We need more people to be able to translate this. If we are to change that DNA, and I hear this online, come and change your DNA for a little something like this. Uh, like, I don't want to change my DNA right now. <laughs> Why would I do that? So, if we want to change that DNA, that signal, whatever's coming from space, is hitting the whole planet in proportions of 7.233.3 something. And it's changing every one of you guys' DNA in here for you without you guys knowing it. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to go to conferences. You don't have to be blessed to DNA change. It's changing. Why? It's because if we are going to leave this planet, and we're going to have to leave this planet eventually, we can't do it with a spiritual mind like we have now. We can't pray in the four directions, all the different things to try to get us around. We need technology. We need information, real information. If we're going to build something, we're going to need blueprints to build it. And the blueprints in the Copper Scrolls gives us the blueprints and the technical know-how to do that. We already drew, uh, come out with blueprints of some of the structures that they asked us to build that were on this earth at one time to rebuild them. It's going to take financial means of your world to build these. And it will change everyone. Everybody that's around this information that's been with me has changed their view. They've seen the information, it's changed their view of what they're doing here. It gives us hope. You know, what are we hoping for now? Open the Eastern door. Really? What are you going to do? Have a sale? What is the Eastern door, really? Would we, the door has been open for the last 83 years, and nobody walked through it. We say, oh, there it is. Okay, I'm going this way. It's been open. An eastern door is an ark. And that ark is an ark of the rainbow. 
A rainbow gives us a color that we can see. Only us, though. It doesn't give the aliens color. Their systems are different. Their Earths are different. What they breathe is different. We have trouble breathing in your atmosphere, not because of the pollution. It's because we breathe differently. We eat differently. We don't eat greens like you do. And what did we tell we do in the spiritual side? Eat healthy, eat greens, eat. I still don't understand hummus, let alone <laughs> tomatoes. You know. But we don't see that stuff, you know. We keep on thinking that they're, they're advanced race. Believe me, if I was a, we were advanced, we wouldn't come here. We'll let you fight it out amongst yourself. But some of you seriously came forward and asked for help. Seriously came forward. Truman error. Some of you guys came forward to where we live and asked for help. And it took us this long to respond to you because our belief system. Here it is. Now, now what do you do with it? We can pray to it and feel energy from it and all that. I can go to the transformer station and feel the same energy. It creates a field. We're getting bombarded by this signal, not from a pulsar, but a high energy source out of the Orion system. Some of my projects that I've done, these balloon projects, I mentioned that this morning, they have mylar balloons that has 180 pounds of PSI inside of them. Not like a weather balloon, a flimsy old weather balloon. This is a high technical balloon that holds helium and hydrogen at the same time. It can lift three times more than hydrogen and helium. It slips through a magnetic field into the air, goes up faster, lifts more weight. I put devices on this balloon that radios back to me uh, and I, I break it up into a, a FM compressed signal that gets pictures, uh, other information through that. I don't go through the cell phone system. I have my own communication system with the balloons. And I put up 47 of them already and received tons of information. And some of you are physicists. I gave that information too. And they said this is going to change the world. So what, what am I looking for the balloon? When I was young, doing, I was very young doing this research, I, I, get, I rented airplanes, uh, put devices on the airplanes, went up with the airplane, tried to get the signal, but the airplane didn't go high enough. I worked with rockets, uh, gasoline rockets and hydrogen. Uh, I sent rockets up 17 to 25 miles up, and I had about at least in uh, five to 10 minutes to receive that signal. Recorded that on Reel the Reel. I don't know if you guys know what that is. <laughs> and brought the information and decoded some of the information down it. And I've done that over and over. I made most of my rockets out of a dump. I bought very few things. My, I changed my computer systems in there. I made my own computer systems. The balloons that I use now, I. My computer system, I made all my computer systems in the balloons to relay the information back. And each one of those balloons cost us six to $10,000 each to put up, but the information is valuable. It 
connects with the copper scrolls, it answers some of the copper scrolls where the information numbers go. That is some of the information, that is probably one-tenth of the information I'm looking for, but in the uh, spiritual human technology that they gave us, we're still working on that with people. People are very hard to work with. because Everybody knows everything and they want to give big advice. I'm telling you, the wheel's already invented. We just need to use it. Because I, I get so much suggestion. Oh, you should do this and do the. We already. Did you get this direction? If you can compare your copper scrolls with mine, I would work with you. But if it's just a thing that you're just coming up with, I can't work with you. I don't have very much time here. The Mormons have part of that scroll, the Vatican has part of that scroll. United States government has part of that scroll. I don't have all of it together. Why did they take it? That was many years ago. So looking for the information is you. You have that information, but we have to work as a community to get it. The next couple of days, we're going to have a, a tea. And Jacqueline, I will get off here. And I won't dismiss them. I'll let you take over before I, I leave. Um, she will explain that more. You need to, if you want that change in this world, you come to that tea next couple of days, honestly. It's not a talking circle. It's not a drum circle. Come to it. Find out what it is. And we can do this all around the world with every nation on this earth. The native people need to wake up here. We, we, we come back for them. We come back for you. They have things they're not telling you. Okay, guys, that wraps up part two. David is really heating up. I hope that you're enjoying these episodes. Uh, really fascinating stuff. Like I said, I've, I had the privilege and honor to hang out with David this summer to see if all of this stuff was legit. I got to meet his mom. I went to the Aboriginal Museum, and uh, it's a really mind-blowing stories, and it's really old knowledge and i guess we've just never known it and so you know what you guys are hearing is for the first time ever a zuni and amigaba came together to share this information to non-natives um so it's really a special broadcast if you enjoy it and you want to support these guys just share it out even if you don't fully understand it it's probably gonna most of it'll go right over your head um most of it goes over my head um but it's interesting and i think that they're sharing genuinely and um you know david from knowing him is just like a very selfless person and has been and just doing what his elders have told him is to bring these teachings to the non-natives so we could definitely use your support to um do a little bit more research on the science we've sent balloons into space we want to put another one up in september that's monitoring our signal there are technologies in the scrolls that are for all people so it needs to be built into a peaceful community given anyway into peaceful community um, for all people nobody can own it and then just profiteer for it we got to make sure that everybody has access to this and um it's held in spiritual integrity so if you know anybody that wants to support, whether it's uh, sharing the broadcast, administrative, um, having these native elders speak, uh, we'll be doing a lot of speaking next year. So if you want 
them to come to where you are, reach out to me at matt at zenathlete.com. We would be happy to spread that message. And that's what we're dedicated to is spreading this message and also bringing out some of these science and this engineering from the Copper Scrolls that can have a very massive impact, a positive impact on humanity. Um, so we're looking for angel investors and anybody who is hearing this message to help out because we could really use it. Um, so that's it. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Uh, thank you for all of you guys supporting me on Patreon and um, just check out the email list. You go to mattbelair.com forward slash lucid dreaming. You'll get yourself a free lucid dreaming. Um, I think that's it. If you want some coaching, forward slash coaching, fill out the form and I'll teach you everything that I've learned. Uh, you know, this summer alone, that that three months with David Lonebear, like, oh my God, that was some education there. Wow. Um, so, you know, I'll teach you everything I know on limiting beliefs, consciousness, spirituality, and, you know, what I've learned gall- gallivanting the world to help you create a life that uh, you designed for your heart that you're excited about and uh, overcome all the limiting beliefs and all that kind of fun stuff. So if that sounds interesting, any of that sounds interesting, just hit me up at Matt at zenathlete.com and we will begin the conversation so thank you so much i hope that you have an amazing day and before we uh, wrap it up let's just come to another state of peace and coherence by taking in three deep breaths so taking a deep breath in through your nose holding that breath while setting the intention to come to peace and coherence as you let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day taking one more deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and just let it out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day And now taking one more deep breath in through your nose, holding that breath. And as you do, you remember that you are a divine, immortal creator being full of self-love, worth, amazing, coherent, spectacular, just as you are, as you let that breath out slowly with all the limitations, self-doubts and criticisms and giving yourself full permission to be who you are, to live an extraordinary life experience that you design and unapologetically and enthusiastically remembering that you are divine creator being supported, perfect, coherent, balanced, incredible, just as you are. So there you go. Have an amazing day and I will see you in part three.